Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. I kind of can do a good stone cold, but it's not that good of a stone cold. It's not bad. That's all I was waiting for. I wasn't expecting a genius ass <laughs> stone cold. I just wanted to yeah. play stone colds, battling nice. stone colds. With your little gimmick podcast, your little gimmick hats in the background. What? <laughs> I remember I was That's confused great. by the what thing because I kind of stopped watching wrestling closely around like 03. And then I came back and I was like, what the hell is this what thing the crowd is doing? Because like I would revisit every once in a while. I hated it. I hated it. Then. I didn't like I it. it yeah, exactly. I still don't I like, like it. No. It's an important part to what he is. That made me feel like I made a good decision not being, I know you're a huge wrestling fan, but I was like diehard, didn't miss one pay-per-view event for like four years. And then mm-hmm. when I quit for like six months and went back and they were just yelling what, I was like, all right, I'm good. Like, I, I thought what was cheap and easy and dumb and it just undoes everything. And like, there's even yeah. a point I saw a video online where he talked about how he regrets starting the what chant because I bet it is. Yeah. Because it's like, he didn't mean for it to crush everybody's. He just wanted to crush certain people's promos when he was doing it to them. Then they did it all the time. No matter what they, they just barely stopped. I feel like only about a year ago <laughs> did the what promo stop. And he's been gone for over a decade. Yeah. Didn't he stop in like 06? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. So it's been 14 years without Stone Cold and another good decade plus of what chance that wrestlers have to deal with. Yeah. I mean, it felt something like that would almost like The Rock. It didn't feel like Stone Cold, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like the whole gimmick. Which is kind of sad because you're like, he's not coming. He's not showing up. I know. It's like if I went to a concert and I just was like, hey, I'm here for Credence. And they're like, this isn't a Credence concert at all. You know, oh you're my like, God, yeah, yeah, but I'm here till Credence shows up. And you're like, no, you're going to wait your whole time. Yeah, you're exactly. here to see uh, Justin Bieber. And you're like, OK, but <laughs> tell me when Credence shows up. And you're like, no, you're in the wrong place. Yeah, pretty much the same difference. Yeah, that's how it feels. You doing good? How are you doing? I'm doing there? good. Yeah, just you broke your computer. You did not want you needed yes. to push back doing this podcast so badly. You broke your computer. Not the first. So, I have two laptops, but the thing is, like, we were okay, set. Flexing. We exactly. Yeah, I mean, stimulus money. What do you want me to do? Just save it all. So I have this backup laptop, but I've been having issues with recording it in mono with, on my own end. So it only plays mm-hmm. through like one ear. But I fig- I figured all that out. Boring bullshit. But. The other pot, the other laptop is my main recording laptop. And I was leaving to go do some Postmate deliveries and I barely stepped on it with like the corner of my shoe. And I just hear like this pop. And I was like, yeah. okay, it didn't feel too bad. I opened it up and it's just rainbow screen, like all streaked across. But wouldn't and that then, just be the connection of the monitor? Like, isn't the computer still good? I replaced the monitor. I got a screen in the mail today that I haven't attempted to um, install yet. But so that. Oh, hell yeah. Cost me sixty bucks, which is a yeah. kind of a big deal. Yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, but, I mean, um, sixty bucks is a lot of money, but also it's not bad. Like that's for a broken computer. And now like, I'm gonna be under a thousand. I've been treating it like shit too. Like it's like a two year old laptop. It's a good laptop, but I live stream movies for people all the time, and I go to these virus ridden websites. They find like oh, I bet you I like take it as a challenge. You can't find this movie. No one can. I was like, try me. So I go to these websites, stream these movies, and then I'm like, oh, now my computer's <laughs> running like shit. 
But I'm gonna. It's like the, the copy of the video you found is like covered in virus, and you just sort of brush it back and forth. And oh yeah, pretty We're much. We're watching this one, fellas, and you're like, "There's yeah. got to be a better way to find this." So uh, now like, that really, you're saying, "Try me." You can find any movie ever. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and I use that as just I was calling it my shit laptop. I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go on any virus-ridden website and you know stream any kind, like anything but porn. I will stream on Periscope. People send me like a little bit of money here and there. Like they'll send me five oh, bucks and stuff. Periscope. So. No, that makes sense. Because yeah. um, it was like, why would you stop at porn? It just got to have just as much virus as any of the other movies you're finding. But then I was like, because you don't want to get in trouble on Periscope. I that's the that. only that like, and it's so hypocritical because I'll uh, scope these like slasher films from like the late '70s and early '80s, and they're mm-hmm. so much more violent back then on average. To where they'll show someone like decapitate a woman. And just the most heinous, brutal murder scenes. But yeah, then when a, I was a, a nipple kid, that slip. was the whole purpose. Oh, of course. But then a nipple slip will get me banned. Like, so I have to cover the screen when any nudity comes or fast forward through it. So I'm just like, I can watch Michael Myers literally twist someone's head off with blood pouring out, but that's perfectly yeah. fine. But if someone's nipple is showing through their blouse, I can get banned from the platform. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, that's, that's nuts. Uh, and that's... I mean, it's not strange. We understand because we live in this world. We just all know it's hypocritical and wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, what's yeah, worse? Exactly. Someone being murdered or just a woman's... They're not even having sex. It's literally just her nipple. Like, it doesn't take a lot for them to flag Dude, you. that's what it is. You can't be turning on these kids and stuff. That's you why, be because it's an open platform. There's, there, there's yeah. kids that can... Like, I used to do Disney movies just as a joke because, like, you know, I do commentary. So I'm doing, like, yeah. adult humor commentary over, like, Beauty and the Beast or whatever, talking about Belle fucking the Beast or doing whatever I'm saying. And I notice that there's, Gross. like, fucking kids that are showing up. I'm like, oh, this is attracting a kind of viewership. Yeah. So I stopped, yeah, doing car- I stopped doing cartoons and all that shit. I was like, whatever. Like, yeah, you have to. It's not to. worth it. No, exactly that. You're just like, no, no, we got to get the right audience, which is so important in, like, all things. You know, like, cause I remember I was doing all those memes and stuff, and then like there were those like those are really funny, by the way. Thank you. I I enjoyed doing the memes. I shared a lot of those. Thank you. Um, it was I had to watch it because I was being G-rated eighty percent of the time, and the other twenty percent of the time I was being heinous. Yeah, and there'd I be felt like, like a... I was attracting an audience, and I was just offending that audience. There'd be like an ass eating one every like fourth or fifth meme that would be like, okay, that's not child friendly. <laughs> like, no, exactly. But people are like, I showed up here because you did this thing about lasagna I liked. And now you're talking about eating ass. And you're yeah. like, yeah, I am. Yeah, that's not fair. You're right. There was like, there's no way to actually make them happy unless you really dedicate. You're like, this is specifically wrestling memes about getting yeah. high. You know, it's, it's like when you see a comic on like a sitcom or like a clean family friendly movie and then you go to see like their act and they're just like an R rated comedian. It's like, wait, what is this shit? Dude, no, I felt like Bob Saget of the meme game <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly. Because even like the memes, some of them were like about whatever. I, I I just tried to make one every day. I didn't care what it was about. And the ones that some of the ones that really hit were like, oh, that's about Popeye's chicken sandwich was like really popular. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I also have this other one coming up. I know it's showing up, like, tomorrow. <laughs> it's about something way worse, you know? Like, you're like, ah, shit. I don't know how I can... Like, it just seemed like I was just never going to make the world happy with it. Yeah, totally. I mean, but, you know, such is the mean game, dude. 
as long as you keep producing them, that's what I was doing on like TikTok and on Rizzle. There was a website that what's paid Rizzle? Me. It's uh, it's basically kind of like TikTok and like just whatever Instagram stories, but you can do what you do is you respond to other people with videos. So like if I made a video yeah. about something crazy that happened, almost like a vlog, but only 60 seconds and you can mm-hmm. edit it and add TikTok style, like, you know, videos and narrating and all that. Then someone will respond mm-hmm. to that video with their own video being like, wow, me too, blah, blah. It's all right. It wasn't my favorite thing, but for a month they paid me. And then we mutually agreed that it, to part ways and it was because I, I had to do one every day they're like you have to do 30 and 30 days yeah. so sometimes i would do like four in a day and feel relieved like for the next three days i can fuck off and not do a rizzle and then and they I, were like no we want one every day well no they only wanted 30 per month so i could do 30 i could go crazy and do 30 in two weeks and just take off the rest of the month if i wanted to oh interesting but i didn't feel like that funny i didn't feel like I didn't feel like my memes were that funny, but I just kept doing them. I started doing them because I met somebody at the ice house who said that they were going to pay me money to make memes. So send them his way. And I showed up and he shared one and he took my name off of it. and He didn't pay me anything. And I said, Hey, there was supposed to be a payment for it. And he was just like, Oh yeah, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We don't pay anybody, but we'll put them up and you'll get like exposure. And I was like, I can't get exposure if you take my name off of it. And then he goes, That's okay, we'll keep your name on the next one. It was exactly that. And then he was like, I want to say it was the account that's just at God. I'll even throw him under the bus. And then I, I know he, who uh, that is. Which that guy has like six or seven meme accounts. Yeah. And then he was like, I'll keep your name on a couple and we'll get you like hella exposure. And so I sent him a couple more. And he uh, took my name off him again. And I just never dealt with him ever again. I hate when and people then I do just, that. I get it. And then, but I also have all these other comedian friends and other meme making friends. So I just started posting one every day because I also noticed this is the other background story is that I submitted writing for a TV show. A TV show was like, Hey, you want to write this thing? And I was like, sure. And on the submission packet, they asked for my Instagram. And I looked at my Instagram and it's like pictures of me at basketball games and me hanging out with friends, but nothing funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, damn it. So I started just putting one up every day to be like, you know what? At the very least, my friends that share a lot of things will share some of these. You know, like I'm going to probably get like one a week to get shared more than others. And that's fun. It's always exciting Uh when one does well. And then the other side was the next time I submit something, somebody can look and they can see that Aaron's consistently funny. Yeah. So that was my idea behind that. Although I did it for about a year and a half and I really lost steam on it once this whole quarantine happened. Which, yeah, I mean, you'd think that it would be different, though. you think with quarantine, more people would be watching content like that. Yeah, that very well could be the answer. I just didn't have it in me to keep doing it. Yeah, it gets like, I've been doing TikTok. I haven't done one in a couple of weeks. So I had a TikTok that has over 5 million views, which sounds crazy. But it, if that was like YouTube, that would actually be something to brag about. TikTok, it's still kind of cool. But there's videos on there with yeah. 100 the million Cosby views. one, right? No, the one uh, from this movie. I actually didn't tell anyone the name of the movie because everyone was asking and I feel like they needed to know. Because it's all like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really crazy rated R Australian film from the 70s. And there's like 13 year olds like, what movie is this? I'm just like, I'm not going to tell you. It's called yeah. Thirst. It's an Australian, mo- really weird movie. There's you like, heard it here first. Yeah. It's called Thirst. So it's just, there's a scene where she keeps 
not to explain the weird movie, but she keeps like dealing with just something crazy goes on. Like blood will start dripping from the walls when she's just like at a store. And all of a sudden she's like strapped to a gurney and she's, it's one of those weird psychological, like, is she awake? Is she asleep? Mm -hmm. Is she alive? Is she dead? She's having a picnic with her boyfriend who looks like Ron Burgundy. And he pulls out this piece of chicken and they're like smiling at each other. She bites into the chicken. She gets this look of horror on her face. And like, there's like blood in the chicken because that's a theme. Blood shows up whenever she's about to, you know, have yeah, a hallucination. Sure. And I put the caption, when your uh, black friend bites into your white mom's on seasoned ass chicken. And it's just like a person biting oh. into the chicken and looking yeah, shocked. Yeah. And it got, you know, whatever, yeah, five, five, million. five million views, like 200,000 likes, a bunch of comments in different languages. And I was like, oh, I'm about to like be a TikTok superstar now. I did turn off the notifications. <laughs> Collectively, I've gotten maybe like 10,000 views in the next 15 TikToks combined after yeah. that. So it did nothing, like really. Yeah. I also put my memes on TikTok for a bit. And it was a couple of them. I would say it was like, oh, that one's got 3,000 views and that one has six. And then that one has a couple hundred. And you're like, it's yeah, just yeah. madness. It's totally madness, but it's all, yeah, whatever. I had, a, I, I had a Trump one that I thought was going to like be as brilliant as that one. It, right now, it's sitting at like nine likes, and it's been up for Dude, two weeks. Almost all of the ones I loved that I thought were going to be a sensation were nothing, and the ones that I was just like, well, I made this extra one, so I guess that's, I'll put it up in two days. That's the one that hits. I could never explain which yeah. ones hit and which ones don't hit. It's it, kind of like that in stand-up sometimes, too. You just have, like, this throwaway joke or just something that you weren't crazy about. And yes. that is the one people like. So I used to do a thing in stand-up where I would bring on three-by-five cards, and I would show up mm -hmm. with, like, 50 one-liners, and I would just read it. And if it didn't work, I would throw it on the ground, and I'd move to the next one, and I'd make a joke about throwing it on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, you throw it and be like, that's what you deserve, you know? Like, and you're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. You know, and you go back to the next one. And then, like, at the end of the set, you have, like, all your failed jokes there, but you have the, your, you've selected the ones that work. Yeah, yeah. And then you also, and, like, every now and then there was a joke where you go, I don't even want to read this. This is awful. And you throw it on the ground before you read it even. And that mm -hmm. always got a laugh. And I did that with this one joke. And afterwards, the host picked up the joke. I was like, let's see that joke, Aaron, threw away. They, like, noticed where it fell. And they went, uh, my brother is a bishop, so he only moves sideways. And it hit <laughs> super hard. It just it, and he was like, "That's a that's great. That's a great joke. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna keep this." And then I was like, "No, no, you're not. You can't just you can't keep it." I know I physically threw it on the ground, but that's my joke. Yeah, yeah. And I had to talk to him afterwards because he was like, "No, you threw it away." And I was like, "That's not how that works." Wow. You know? Yeah. Like, there's no way the way that's what works. <laughs> like no, like it took like 20, 30 minutes outside to be like, "Man, listen." I also consistently look at a joke, throw it on the ground and say it doesn't work. And like, that's a weird approach. Even read it. That's a weird approach by the other person to just think they could take that. Yeah, no, it was. That person's gone now. But I yeah. got that joke. I got that joke back and I still do it to this day. And it lands every time. And I've never thought it was funny. And I, <laughs> it's just a thing I have where you're just like, man, I don't even like this joke. I think it's the corniest joke I have. Yeah. If it works, there's this little thing I've been because I have a lot of dad jokes and about my dad living in the Middle East. And there was just mm -hmm. this little transition, not even a part because the, the joke is my dad talking about seeing a riot go on in yeah. Libya and how he's unimpressed with the gun that I have is a nine millimeter. And my dad says, you know what they say about a nine millimeter? I do some corny accent when I do it. 
And he's like, sure. it's the BB gun of the Middle East. And that was mm-hmm. just off the top, just transitioning. So we did lose you for a second for the listeners. Yes. We're going to make that gap a little bit shorter, but there's okay. no way we're going to ignore the fact that we lost you for a second. Yeah. You were doing the, your dad's joke. Yes. About the BB gun. The yeah. nine millimeter is the BB gun. Of the Middle East. Of the Middle yeah. East. Yes. And it was a throwaway little just transition into the bit, but it now has become like the funniest part of the joke that people always refer to the whole bit is, Oh, I like the, the BB gun of the Middle East joke. So now sometimes I'll just tell that and then move on. I'll condense the whole joke and just not even tell the mm-hmm. other little story. And sometimes that gets a big enough pop so I can just move on after that. But it was one of those things I didn't even think was funny, but people love it. Yeah. Oh, dude, no, I get it. Like, and I think every comedian has that thing when they're like, what's the thing that you don't think is funny that you don't get take out of your act because other people do like. Yeah, yeah. And some people would say their whole act. I've heard some comics. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm tired of my whole entire act, but what am I going to do? You know, like, which by the way, if you're that person, just write new shit. No one, it's, no one's showing up specifically Dude, to see the one. I've bit. seen comedians that have been telling, not just like, okay, you tell the same joke for 15 years. I'm talking, they do the same, like 45 minutes headlining at laughs. So when I started in 2011, let's say I saw mm-hmm. them six months ago, it's verbatim the same. Like nothing, nothing new. Like you mean nothing's happened to you in eight and a half years? Like literally to where you can't go up there and give them something else? Like, I feel like that's why they're still at laps. Exactly. For sure. There's, there's a little bit of that. And there's also, I have a theory that comedians that don't write new material that just go on the old stuff is those are the ones that you got to watch out for as far as the suicide watch. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause they're just stuck in this rut. This, yeah, because like that's insanity. how you get like to talk about. Because you, yeah, you drive yourself completely insane, and you think mm-hmm. that like, you think that you don't matter anymore because it's just about those words that you wrote 15 years ago. It's like no, keep if you keep expressing where you're at, there's a regeneration inside of you, inside seen, your heart. You need to. And I've seen those comedians are the ones that are mad at their place in the industry, and they're mad about of the course. pay. Like, can you believe they're only paying me this? I'm like, well, what are you doing to deserve better pay when you've been telling the same? act for seven and a half years you've changed nothing i mean it's just like don't you have to kind of work in order to make money i don't consider it working when you literally tell the same shit all the time for years i'm gonna take that problem one step deeper and it's like can you believe they're paying me that is not the problem as much as they are pointing at everything outside of themselves yeah yeah exactly they're not looking and that's themselves. really what it is you go yeah oh you want to point at everything but what you're doing absolutely the whole world is the problem except for you that's not <laughs> yeah. how that works you know like you have the choice to do that if you hate your act you can change it and i've seen people have that problem a whole bunch and it's like i know some people are gonna listen to this like aaron i've heard you say some of the same jokes for a long time and i do but you of also course. consistently will hear me throw in new stuff and it's just yeah. a bigger bag of tricks i just consistently every year have a bigger bag of tricks absolutely if i really believe the bit works i haven't thrown away a bit that i feel like works and I just consistently put more in the bag because I'm not Jerry Seinfeld. 
Oh, yeah, that's even a bad example because he does the same stupid thing. He does thing. the same I'm shit not, for 10 years, too. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's why it's the bad one to put out there. I'm not one of those yeah. guys that puts out a new hour every year and throws it away. Like like Rogan does an hour every, whatever, 18 to two year, 18 months to two sure. years. He does a new hour and says he never tells the other shit again or whatever. Which I get it if you have 10 million fans that are definitely of listening. Of course. Like, you're already locked in. I mean, for me, like, there's some jokes I'm tired I'm just of telling, but they're there when I need them. Me. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah exactly <laughs> you gotta yeah, keep them like, there if they're there for you if you need them like i mean there's some jokes yeah. that i've been telling for six years you know not, i mean i won't do a full 20 minutes of just those jokes from that time but mm-hmm. i'll throw in two or three of those if i'm doing 20 to 25 minutes you'll hear some shit i talked about in 2013 it's gonna come out of course absolutely of course or sometimes i just want to do that again yeah you know yeah. like that's how that works and it's also like I bet you Rogan wasn't rotating material like that his first couple years in comedy. No. No, your first 10 years of comedy, you're learning how to do one hour. You know, like the entire 10 years. And then you learn how to do it in three years. And then you learn how to do it in two. You know, like it's like a thing. Because like once you've been doing it for over 20 years, you might be able to be a person to come up with a new hour every year and a half to two years. Yeah, how long do you think it takes you to build your first car and your fifth car you know yeah. but the fifth car yeah. you're like oh we don't put that part in yet we got to do this first i've done that's that a, mistake before that's a perfect way to put it <laughs> yeah well for for instance when i first started i feel like i was just trying to figure out a joke that worked you watched mm-hmm. me bomb more than anybody i mm-hmm. was like just trying to find anything that worked and now my goal is like can i get a five can i get five minutes on one idea can I get an idea that I can wring five minutes out of? And I'm trying to like sit in the pocket and be like, I'm just going to make sure there's like jokes about Ross dress for less for fucking five minutes. You know, like to before I would have had that one joke and had nothing else after and would have moved on. And so you're like, no, when I learned this ability, I learned how to make these other things. So it's like the first Mm -hmm. hour is going to be a hundred ideas. The second hour is going to be 20 ideas. The next hour after that is going to be 10 ideas. You know, like, that's the point. Ali Musa. He's the best. Like... We started at the same time together at Tucson, Arizona, like nine years ago. We both watched each other bomb our asses off. Although he he had a better set right away than I did. I feel like it took me three years to get a set that wasn't like just going to bomb 80% of the time. And he had, he had some impressions and some weed stories that just... So he was already off running before I was running. He's got a podcast called Ollie Musa. I'm sorry, I think it's called Ollie USA. I'm on an episode. Go check it out. It's there. Love the guy. Little story about him. We were starting out, and we were at a place called Mr. Heads, and there was an open mic. And he had a friend named Glendon, and Glendon was hosting. And Glendon was new, too. You know, like, and somebody, somebody talked during the open mic. It wasn't super awful. You know, they weren't, it wasn't a back and forth yelling. They were just louder than the other audience members. And Glendon wasn't quite ready to deal with with that yet and he lashed out of them it was just like hey man if you don't shut up i'll fucking shoot you 
And I was like, I remember like standing next to Ollie and just being like, oh my God, dude. And uh, he just was like, yeah, yeah, Glenn's got to work on his crowd work. (laughs) I think about that all the time. You're like, that wasn't crowd work. That was just threatening assault. (laughs) But uh, hopefully Glenn worked on his cloud work. His cloud work, yeah. He makes clouds now. I keep in these things because this is the real things. Um, that was that's the episode you just heard. But we got another episode coming on Friday with Monica Nevy. Monica Nevy is an interesting beast. She's from Seattle, Washington. She moved down here and then she moved back up to Seattle recently. But she is somebody who she like when you meet her, she's kind of quiet and then she says like just like these quiet, funny things. And it seems like everybody I've ever seen her interact with is just like, they just become like super tight good friends or like just start loving her immediately. I've never seen somebody win over so many people immediately without any sense of urgency to do it. It's like she just kind of comes in the room, kind of like quietly herself, wins over everybody. You know, like it's just... It's kind of amazing to watch, actually. Uh, she's on Friday's episode. You guys are going to love it. You're going to love her. We talk about uh, what she's been doing during quarantine. She's had a, a different quarantine experience than a lot of the other people. That's why I wanted to make sure we had her on to talk about this. So, yeah. Check that out. Uh, it comes on Friday. Thank you for listening. Oh, rate, review, subscribe. Always. Always rate, review, subscribe. And, of course, you can find me at Aaron M. Marsh. On everything. That's I I kept it the same on everything. Even my Venmo. Guys, thank you for listening and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. Find a place in this world or never belong. I've got to be me. I gotta be me. What else can I be but what I am? I'll go it alone. That's how it must be. I can't be right for anyone else if I'm not right for me. I've got to be free. I gotta be free. Derek, I try.